0: eventfire solutions is proud to support extended you can find us at eventfiresolutions.co.uk enjoy the program welcome to the latest episode of aerospace radio station extended Extended, your Aerospace Radio Station.
1: Hello, I'm Peter Johnson and thank you for joining us today. We're returning from a long summer break after celebrating 10 years of the podcast recently and we needed a little time out just to refresh and regroup, so apologies for the absence. Before we get to the main feature, we've got a few announcements to make, and the first one of which is we're absolutely delighted to report that we've agreed a new programme sponsorship with Eventfire Solutions. This follows our previous partnership with EFS earlier on in our podcast in life, you might remember them. EFS will provide us with support to help us to improve the sound quality and content of our productions, and we also hope to cover some of their activities in the aviation sector. We may even join them at an aviation event, possibly next year, where we'll do some live podcasting. We're extremely grateful for Tony Whiting and the EFS team, so please follow them on social media. On Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find them at Event Fire Solutions LTD, and on Twitter, you can follow them at EMFS999. One of the main reasons EFS decided to repartner with Extended is the responsibility to give back to the aviation sector. EFS do some fabulous aviation related fire and emergency safety work, and Tony is keen that Extended continue to cover the general aviation and airfield stories from across the UK. So, over the coming months, we'll be doing an airfield and airport story series talking about the history and operations of some of the better known and maybe some of the less well-known airfields and airports in the UK. If you feel you'd like to support the programme, we welcome listener donations. If you want to make a regular or just a one-off donations, and please only if you can afford to do this, then see the donate button on our website. We'd like to thank Kieran Murphy, who's a long-time listener of the show, for his very kind donation. This has gone to help with this year's running costs. If you're unable to donate but want to support us, you can do this by buying your Amazon purchases through the link on our webpage. Costs you nothing and is as quick as going through the hyperlink. No codes, messages, input in. That's it, done. Finally, if any of these methods don't work for you, but you still want to show your appreciation for the work we do and the content we bring you, we'd love your five star reviews on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and, of course, on our Facebook page. We're extremely grateful for those who reviewed the programme over the past few months on their podcast players, including AC Sooty John Luke, Richard 9989, Jophus Mac, Osu Inni, BP Germany, Gerbir Astratalk UK and Isaac ADA1. Thank you for your time and support. We genuinely appreciate it. Oh, and by the way, we are aware that other podcast player reviews are out there, and I've seen a few, but it's really difficult for us to track them all with the 30 or 40 main podcast players out there. So don't be shy. Email us, contact us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So now, back to the program.
0: Hi, I'm Tony from Eventfire Solutions, and you're listening to Extended.
1: So today I've got the editorial team from the Royal Aeronautical Society. I have in the first instance my co-presenter Tim Robinson. Tim how are you today? I'm very
2: well in, in, indeed uh, Peter. Great to be back in the the hot, hot chair again. Get
1: back back in the on the flight deck. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. T- too long, some say, but uh, we did need that break. Um, and we also have Stephen Bridgewater, and Stephen is the Deputy Editor at Aerospace Magazine. Steve, welcome to Extended.
3: Thank you, Peter. Nice to be on this side of the uh, the microphone for a change. or normally on my morning <laughs> commute into London, so uh, it's nice to see how this
1: works. Yeah, so we've got... Uh, I. I- Steve, I've, I've got your, your biography in front of me. It would take me a bit too long to read out all the, um, all the fantastic roles you've undertaken. But not only have you you worked on the um, editorial side of lots of high-profile magazines, you've been involved in not-for-profit groups, you've been uh, involved with supply chain partners as well. It's quite a, a career you've had to date. And now you you've reached the pinnacle by <laughs> working with with Tim at the Aero Society.
3: I have, I'm incredibly lucky. I turned a hobby into a job a long, long time ago, and uh, yeah. I've, um, they say if, you, um, if you, you enjoy what you do, you never work a day. Well, uh, don't tell Tim that, but I really enjoy what I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. And of course, congratulations. On the International Aerospace Media Award as well. Thank you very um, much. That was well a, deserved. That
3: was a complete shock—a shocker, a surprise. As I think my uh, acceptance speech gave away, I was um, <laughs> flabbergasted. So it was a great honor, especially when it's judged by your peers. It was uh, it was a, a really yeah. great honor.
1: No, well done, and well done from the uh, the other team members who, who can't be with us today. Thank you uh, from Gareth and Ellie as well. Now you two have been really, really busy this summer. <coughs> And uh, it's been hard to keep track of, of where you've been around the world um, and the number of shows and events you've attended. So let me attempt to try and put it in some order and, and come to Tim first. Tim, um, before the, uh, the summer and before Farnborough, of course, you went off to the States to to visit Boeing. Then, of course, there was the, the Media Awards uh, and, and Farnborough. Um, and more recently, uh, a week or so ago, you were in Uppsala uh, in Sweden, which I'm absolutely fascinated to 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 hear a bit more about. How, how's it been for you? Gosh, uh, compress that all into into uh, yeah, and
2: in, uh, into five minutes uh, chat. Um, yeah, I mean it's been busy. I mean, obviously, um, a lot of the. You know, we've had two and a half years of lockdown, and now air shows are coming back, and the kind of media events you go to are, are coming back as well, and, and, and things are, um, you know, full back in in full swing. So you, you you're we're we're getting these sort of invites to go out, and uh, no, it's nice to see be back and see real airplanes, real people in in the flesh. Uh, so yeah, I was out in, in, in Boeing uh, uh, pre farnborough so there was a tour there, having a look at in, in Seattle, talking to people there. I uh, saw the new eco-demonstrator based on a 777 that's going to test new uh, green technology. Uh, interesting trip to uh, St. Louis as well, where I saw the uh, MQ25 uh, automate, kind of robot aerial refueler. That is a big aeroplane. So that's a UAV that's under development for the US Navy, Um, and then of course we had Farmer. So uh, yeah, great, great to be back. Uh, It was a little bit, little bit sort of quieter on the commercial news, and uh, you know you probably understand why. Um, Global civil aviation is coming back out of a out of a crisis. There's new things on, on now that are on the. On the horizon, like supply chain crunch. Uh, we've obviously got uh, the shadow of uh, Russia, Ukraine hanging over there. But that, that's good, you know, good in a way for, I suppose, for the defense suppliers. Everyone, that's on everyone, the forefront of everyone, everyone's minds. Um, so, really, I think for the highlights for me, uh, I don't know about uh, Steve, for the uh, I show was. Um, uh, Team Tempest announced there would be a X-plane demonstrator. So, if you think back to Eurofighter Typhoon, you think back to the EAP that preceded it. This is the first demonstrator, you know, kind of demonstrated about forty years, forty uh, something like that. Anyway, um, uh, so um, that will be flying in the next five years. A Tempest demonstrator, a pilot, supersonic piloted, you know, UK-built and developed x-plane so that's pretty exciting
1: tim Um, just just on that 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 um that point did i see something in the press about japan potentially joining the team
2: yeah so that was that was the scuttlebutt and the rumors before the um the air show and um people were Sort of, sort of hinting that there might be some sort of uh, an announcement signing at the show. That didn't happen. So, and what what we're hearing is that it'd be kind of late towards later on towards the end of this year. But there are already technology collaboration going on, particularly on things like radars, sensors, that kind of stuff. And the the team Tempest people are very excited about having, you know, Japan on board. Uh, and collaboration so there's, there's joint studies going on and and if this comes off and this is still a big if you know um this will be a major a major sort of significant milestone or turning point or, or upset really in japan's defense because for the past 70 uh years japan has relied on on the us you know ever, ever since what well, you could sort of say f86 saber uh, they bought U.S. military equipment. Uh, so to, for for the U.K. to get in there, U.K. Um, and, and Italy and uh, Sweden is on, on it seems to be a bit on the sidelines now. But um, for that to go and the the Japanese to decide to partner with Britain, that is a major coup.
1: And uh, uh, Tim, I also saw some of the updates from our friends at Oralus as well, that seems to be progressing quite aggressively now.
2: Yeah, they've got. There are assembling a nice t- a team of partners. So that's Aerolis uh, for the modular trainer. They've got a nice, a nice sort of um, sort of team of partners. They're going to have some sort of. I think it's the preliminary design re- review this month, uh, and they've got um, a whole load of people. Like they've got Ascent on board as a partner now. So obviously, Ascent do the training in in the UK military training MFTS. So, yeah, going. they seem to be gathering momentum. Didn't have a mock-up there at the show, unfortunately, which is a bit, bit of a shame to sort of see it, but I'm sure we're, that's not the last we will hear from them. Um, other stuff at the show was, uh, news at the show was uh, Boom Supersonic, who are back uh, with a revised yeah. configuration. So their, their Supersonic uh, airliner has now got four engines, uh, it looks a bit like a previous sort of American SST SST from the 1960s stroke 70s uh, or a B-58, depending on which way you squinted it. Um, but and they, they announced some of the partners as well, like Northrop Grumman. So they announced a military role for it, which is, is kind of interesting. Um, fast VIP transport, uh, Medivac. Um, but they still haven't got an, an engine supplier announced uh, and the timelines are quite short. So either they've got something in, you know, going on in the background, they can't really announce. Uh, we, we don't quite know. And, and I think what they're also talking about is they're talking about a new business model for um, kind of engines which might be uh, might be one of the things that might attract, you know, uh, someone like uh, a company like Rolls-Royce or, uh, you know, GE or Pratt Whitney to get in with them and engage and think, oh, this is worth doing is, is there might be some sort of new um, kind of business model for, 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 for engine ownership or engine ownership and engine maintenance that they, they, they've got on going behind the scenes. Could be. We, we don't really know that, but um, it's a kind of a, a sporty um, <laughs> deadline, put it this way. Um, and then the, the final thing was, was yeah. eVTOLs. We saw eVTOLs all over the show. None were flying, unfortunately, uh, but we did see eVTOLs uh, from, I mean, one of the biggest star attractions was Vertical Aerospace with a VX4 from Bristol. That's a British built uh, one. They've got um, orders yep. in the bag, um, lots of MOUs, uh, and that was that was crazy. That was a right up in, in Hall 4, which is, uh, you know, the furthest place you can probably walk to in, in the halls. And that had a constant stream of visitors there. It was packed out, full-scale mock-up, people getting selfies all over it. Um, so a lot of interest in there and they they've partnered with a lot of the you know real sort of um uh, established partners you know in terms of Rolls-Royce GKN Honeywell you know you name it so so when they go and talk to the airlines and 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 they say yeah you know, Rolls-Royce are doing the electric engine electric motors that's what 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 gives this 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 particular one credibility
1: yeah yeah. And let's not forget when you said it was the furthest um, display area, that was because I think the temperature at that time was uh, <laughs> was particularly hard. So anywhere was uh, a, a challenge to get to. So bless the both of you for, for getting there. I couldn't get down there at the time because the rails had all seized up and all sorts of other things. Um, but Tim, uh, post-Farmbra, um, last week, as, as I mentioned, you were in Sweden. I was absolutely fascinated by um, your tweets, feedback, and your Aero Society blog on this.
2: Yeah, so I was at Uppsala last week and also Stockholm. I was talking to Saab. We had briefings from there on Gripen E and um, also the Global Eye AW aircraft. So, uh, Gripen E is obviously the latest version of uh, the Gripen. Uh, it's going to equip the, um, uh, the the Swedish Air Force and also the Brazilian Air Force. Uh, Saab are very, very proud in what they've done, particularly in the avionics and the software behind it. So they've managed to decouple the avionics uh, kind of packages from the flight uh, critical software. So that means you could theoretically. Uh, you can now add new weapons, new sensors, um, without going in and mucking around with the fly-by-wire system and things like that. And 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 that that is a real key thing that everybody has been wanting. Uh, you know, is to how do you stop these these massive um, kind of up costs for upgrades, integration? You know, want to wanna put a new miss on it? Oh yeah, it'll cost you X you know millions to, to do this so they're they're very very happy with that you know and and one one thing we heard you know somebody somebody kind of uh, uh, pointed out was you know it's sixth generation software in a 4.5 generation f fray so little package uh, but an extremely potent fighter uh, we also t- saw so Uppsala as well for the air show. Uh, that's the Swedish Armed Forces show. That's, that's officially supported sub- by Swedish Armed Forces. It's kind of showing what the their armed forces do, what the Air Force does. Uh, so they had a lot of interesting aircraft that I've never seen before uh, out. Uh, they had the historic flight from a Viggen, a Lansen. Uh yeah. There was a ton in there. Yeah. Um, really, you know, Black Hawk, uh, some Swedish Black Hawk. Uh, obviously, all the all of the the Swedish stuff has got uh, you know kind of their own uh, designations. Um, and uh, really, a uh, uh, really interesting stuff. Of, of what was was on display, uh, and in particular, also because Sweden is now joining NATO, there was this added geostrategic um, aspect to the air show where a B fifty two did a flyby. And the chief of the USAF, uh, European, you know, in Europe was there as well. And, you know, he's super excited about he's going to have 100 fighters, you know, in terms of Grippens join NATO's northern flank. So that's the Swedish Air Force. So he's really, you know, he's he's very happy for that. But also, interestingly, what he said was he they are already dispatching, the USAF is already dispatching people to work more closely with, with the Swedish Air Force. And learn from their dispersed operations doctrine. Yeah,
1: I saw that. Yeah, really so, interesting.
2: So you know, uh, basically learn from then with, with what's happening with Russia, Ukraine. How do you spread out your forces? How you do, how do you do this agile stuff? Sweden are past masters at this. That that's that's their bread and butter. And now USAF is is going. We we you know we need to learn this. Whether they're whether they're thinking about Russia or perhaps they're thinking further a feel to china pacific is how do you spread out how do you how do you uh, survive and fight on you know real real cold war stuff yeah
1: yeah so tim of a, a fascinating summer top gun aside um best moment gosh um <laughs> yeah,
2: i think it was well. just i think it was just i think it was just great to get get back and see people again yeah. And uh, you know we, we've we've had two and a half years of, of, of well two years of, of of COVID lockdowns and we've tried to do stuff via YouTube and you know on one one hand it's been great you can you can you can you can dial into a conference in your Jimmy Jammies and your slippers and um, you know just just post questions but nothing beats uh, seeing people in person catching up with people. Uh, and seeing real hardware, seeing, seeing you know the aircraft and smelling the aircraft, feeling the aircraft, uh, that sort of you know in person uh, experience, which you can't really commonly can really get off the off YouTube
1: or Zoom. Yeah, un- understood, understood. Yeah, I was at uh, at Bournemouth at the weekend, uh, and it was fabulous to see so many kids and families um, enjoying that event in a very different environment. Um, and then, as when we got back, we bumped into our, our neighbours, who we didn't know, but are avid React fans as well, uh, and they talked admiringly about the Gripen, uh, about their, the display of the Gripen a year uh, a little while ago. So it, it's fascinating the reach that that air shows have, and as you said, the smell and the and the noise is just can't beat it, can't beat it.
0: Event Fire Solutions is an independent fire and rescue service providing both preventative and reactive emergency services across the UK. As well as our main event management, we provide the support and equipment to deliver a safe and risk-free event. From fire appliances to medical vehicles, our fully trained and accredited staff will make your event a true success. If you need risk-related advice, investigation, medical or fire training, then we can deliver this for you. From the office to the airfield, we have the experience and the accreditation and most of all the skills to make your workplace event safe and risk-free. To find out more of how we can help you, look us up at eventfiresolutions.co.uk. Steve, let me come to you. Um,
1: no sooner had you doffed your, your suit into a suitcase at Farnborough, you were on an aeroplane heading west to, to to Oshkosh. There was a bit in the middle. I saw, did I see you on a GA aircraft making a journey somewhere?
3: Um, I did various bits and pieces. in well, June and July is a bit of a blur, to be honest. But um, I yeah. spent a couple of days at Riat before Farnborough. So we did Riat then... Um, the Saturday, I went to Shuttleworth and did the evening show at Shuttleworth as well. Glutton for punishment, I think. Then Sunday, we did Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at Farnborough. And then on the Saturday morning, I flew out to Chicago to go to Oshkosh. Uh, the reason you wow. saw me on a GA airfield is I was picking up a friend of mine who was coming to Oshkosh with me who needed to fly his Beagle pup for maintenance. So I went and picked him <laughs> up in my car from <laughs> to Weston. So, uh,
1: Right, okay. I was playing for the just a, a point on the evening um, display. There seems to be more evening displays around at the moment, don't there?
3: There are. Duxford did uh, did one this year and did one last year as well. Uh, I missed it last year, made a point of going this year because I was so annoyed with myself for missing it. Wonderful, really, really good. Um, yeah. Shuttleworth have obviously done these for, for decades, and uh, I'm surprised it's taken so long for other shows to really catch on with this. I know some of the seaside shows do them as well now, and yeah. we're starting to get this night air show phenomena, which has been big in the US for a long time, so aircraft at dusk or aircraft with fireworks on them, which um, it's just, if you've never seen it, is just incredible, particularly when you see aeroplanes doing aerobatics in the dark, absolutely pitch dark with fireworks yeah. on their wingtips. I mean, the, the peripheral yeah. vision, what that must do is, is way beyond my piloting skills and uh, and desire <laughs> to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So I, I'm intrigued by Oshkosh. I know you've been there many times over the last decade, so it's more familiar to you than it is to many, particularly European mm-hmm. Um, our European listeners, I just wanted to understand a bit more about it from a from a Brit and a, a European perspective, because I think when I first got interested in aviation, I just saw it as a bit of a home built get together fest, uh, and over time, and particularly over the last decade or two, it's become so much more than that.
3: It is. Uh, both
1: in reality and in my mind.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the show's been going for more than 50 years now. And you're right. It did start out as a convention for home-built aircraft. You know, it's run by the EAA, which is the Exper- Experimental Aircraft Association. So if you build your own airplane in the US, it is certified through the EAA. So it's their annual yeah. convention. And it's sort of grown and grown and grown to the point where now there are more than 10,000 airplanes there each year you know, best part of a million people during the course of the week. And I I liken it to people to the same as going to a music festival that has aeroplanes. It has that sort of feeling to it. So it doesn't really matter what sort of aeroplanes you're into, it it's at Oshkosh. You know, there's everything from powered parachutes to business jets to light aircraft to warbirds to modern military I mean the amount of modern military aircraft we had this year was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and Unlike the shows in the UK where you know what's going to turn up, a lot of aircraft purely fly in during the week for static and you don't know they're turning up. So you'll be yeah. sitting by the runway watching a fleet of kit planes arrive and all of a sudden there's a T-38 Talon in a, in a special Vietnam colour scheme, which is what happened this year, breaks into the circuit and lands, or a C-5 or a C-17. Or, um, yeah. We had a U-2 in the flying display this year. I mean, Where else really these wow. days are you going to see a U-2 in on anything other than static?
1: So, um, tell tell me about the, the the structure of the the whole event because you have. I was going to say a seaplane area. I'm not yeah. quite sure. I have got the right. Yeah. Is it right there it is. to describe yeah, them as seaplanes or floatplanes? Yeah, or both. Yeah, there's the um, there's the seaplane
3: lake. I mean, I, I suppose yeah. the best way to so like, it, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through the site. So you come in for the yeah. main entrance through what is effectively a trade show. So think of a farnborough type, type event, but with ga and business aircraft so everything from kit planes light aircraft big twins biz jets that kind of thing and that leads you into the main square which when i first started going and my first trip was in 2003 and i went with my best mate andy who's a big extended fan so i know he'll be listening to this and andy and i walked into what was then called aeroshell square it's now called boeing plaza it's been called different things over the years and we walked in and went oh my god there's a, a P 51B Razorback Mustang, first one of those I'd seen. There's the Boeing 307 Stratoliner, was there. There's the Airbus wow. Beluga, all of these in this main sort of show centre. And show centre changes every day. The new aircraft come in, things move out. So, you know, okay. photograph it when you're there. Don't come back the next day because it might not be there or it might not be in the same place. So that's the main centre. Then if you turn right from there, you've got the. Um, so looking at the runway, if you turn right, you've got all the vintage and the classic aircraft. So I think. Things like Stinson Reliance and beautiful 1930s or 1950s aeroplanes and a lot of, not that you call them normal aeroplanes, but things like V-tail Bonanzas and, and that type of thing. Turn left and you've got home builds. Go through all the home builds and you get to the Warbirds area. You know, they've got a, a field called Fighter Town. Yeah, Fighter Town's normally got right. between 20 and 30 P-51 Mustangs parked up in there. Along, wow. I mean, this year we had... Wow. Uh, five Corsairs, four P 40 Warhawks, Yak 9, all those kind of things. Um, and then beyond that, you've got the rest of the Warbirds. So you've got a field, and I mean a field full of T 6 Harvards, Texans, call them what you will. There must be 150, probably more. And then T 28 Trojans, T 34 Mentors. And then you've got the bomber line, which has got the B 25s and DC 3s, C forty seven stuff like that. At the complete opposite end of the airfield, you've got an compl- entirely separate airfield, all for the ultralights. So they're flying around effectively behind the crowd whilst the main air show is taking place. So you've got lots of different sections. Oh, okay. um, right. And then in amongst those, you've got things like the theatre in the woods where you can go and they have evening lectures. So I mean, I've seen... Yeah, I saw Michael Collins, the astronaut there, You know, the the, the one who didn't wow. go to the moon, that stayed up there when Buzz yeah, and Neil went down. Yeah. And so you see all of these people on, in quite an intimate theatre environment, all live music. I mean, I've, I've seen the opening concert at Oshkosh is, is always going, mean, I've, I've seen the Beach Boys, REO Speedwagon, Chicago, Kenny Loggins, all sorts of people that you would perhaps not go and necessarily see, but seeing them on an airfield. And that's why, I mean, you've got this music festival atmosphere to it it's yeah it's just really really yeah. friendly
1: very it's, jealous yeah it's sort of <laughs> it sort of feels a bit overwhelming um i it don't know can if be. it's just me but it, i yeah, i always it, feel that way it
3: can be um and i think Especially if somebody like me that has an all-round aviation interest, so I want to see all of it. You know, I want to go to the seaplane base, which is about twenty minutes away, on one of those yellow American school buses. Yeah, yeah, for a dollar return. <laughs> you so, yeah, I want to yeah. see the seaplanes. I want to see the ultralights. I want to go to the warbirds. On, and I think it can. But if you're disciplined with yourself, I mean, you're never going to see it all. Um, but if you're disciplined with yourself and you get that, this is my core area of interest. You could spend a week just in the Warbird area and see all the comings and goings in there, or you know, the main square and see all the fast jets coming in. And then, of course, you've got the afternoon air show as well. So, from two o'clock until yeah. about six o'clock, there's an air show each day.
1: Um, yeah, so, tell, gonna... t- tell me about the air shows, then, um, Steve, because I think the thing that absolutely got me this year, probably more than any, was. Your photograph albums mm-hmm. that you shared on social media, um, apart from the amount of work it must have taken to <laughs> to get them done, uh, edited, and uploaded, um, I just was flabbergasted by the number and the variety of, of aircraft uh, that were flying. Yeah,
3: uh, and there's the mix, as you should say, it's the variety. So you've got everything from. Newish aircraft. So this year we had the um, you know, one of the electric powered Cessna three three seven uh, aircraft um, there. Through to Boeing's eco demonstrator was there. Trouble seven eco demonstrator, um, and then you've got the aerobatic airplanes. So you've got yeah you know, extras and yaks and things that we would see here, but flown in a very different style. Very much flown with show business in mind i guess is the way to put it rather than flying a precision aerobatic routine that you would see in a competition if you're familiar okay. with rich goodwin and his pits that you see yeah. over here very much rich's style of, of um a bit lord flashart look at me with my noisy aeroplane yeah. and it's great i mean and that's yeah. you see that's what gets a lot of the kids really enthused at oshkosh and then you have yeah, you know, occasionally what well, at several points during each day's display, there'll be modern military aircraft. So we had um, F-35A from the Air Force and F-35C from the Navy. Um, wow. E-18 Growlers this year, some A-10s, things like that that turn up. Uh, and they'll they'll do either the proper full display or just a couple of flypacks. Like the A-10, for example, wasn't the demo A-10, but he still did five or six fly flypacks with pyrotechnics and blew the airfield up, which was nice.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, oh,
3: and then you have God. the the warbird yeah. section, and the other, the warbird display takes up the best part of an hour during the during the display. So you'll start off with the the light aircraft, you know, the um, the Cessna Bird Dogs and the Cubs and the Stearman's and, and that sort of. Era. They fly around at low level. they then launch the fighters. So you'll get Mustangs, Corsairs, Sky Raiders, Bearcats. They'll launch. So, they're then flying over the top of the smaller aeroplanes. Um, so, then they'll, you'll get the jets go airborne. So, T 33s, L 39 Albatrosses, there were two MiG 17s this year. Um, so, they'll then fly once the piston fighters have landed, the jets will fly, then the bombers will fly. But meanwhile, over the top, you've got these massed formations of trainers. So, again, T 6 Texans, T 34 Mentors. T-28s, Yaks, and Nanchangs, all separated by about 1,000 feet, but in big formations, trailing smoke. So they'd come over the top wow. and cross. I'm, I'm sort of talking with my hands now. But, uh, yeah, so you've got this sort of top yeah. cover of all these aircraft. Yeah. And, I mean, we yeah. counted. There's routinely, best part, 150, 200 aeroplanes in the sky during the Warbird section. Wow. Uh, but then you get wow. a dedicated Warbird display, like we had this year with the the and Cats. So they flew a formation of Wildcat, Hellcat, Bearcat, and Tiger Cat as a four-ship. And then broke into singletons. So, well, it, Peter, you, wow. you, you have to
2: go. <laughs> what uh, I mean, what uh, uh, amazes me is actually, you know, ten thousand, ten thousand airplanes coming to this this thing. You know, home built amateur. Uh, you know, the, the vast majority kind of amateur pilots, and. Yeah. You know, the ATC and the the air traffic control kind of challenge of getting everybody down in one piece and and not causing some kind
3: of, you know, massive uh, pile-up of cubs on on final approach. Yeah, that's right. I mean, That's that's incredible. It's really well briefed, in, and there's very minimal radio communication, actually. Aircraft join over a reporting point, which is over one of the islands, because Oshkosh is Wisconsin, so it's on the edge of the Great Lakes, and uh, there are various islands which they use effectively as holding points. And the aeroplanes are called in without using a call sign. So the air traffic controllers will have a pair of binoculars and they'll say, red high wing aircraft, rock your wings. You rock your wings to acknowledge it's you. You are clear to land. And then they'll give you a coloured dot to land on because the runway is split into four. So there will be a green dot and a red dot and a purple dot or whatever colours they are on each runway. So effectively, you've got four aeroplanes landing behind each other on four coloured dots down the runway for separation. And yeah, that's the, pretty much all the air traffic that you will hear, other than invariably there's a welcome to Oshkosh or a nice landing or, hey, I used to own one of those myself, great aeroplane. It's just really friendly at that level as well. But yeah, logistics wise, they've done it a long time. You know, they know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a feat when you look out onto final approach and you can count sort of 40, 50 aeroplanes in the hold. Um, on Sunday this year, that um, before the, sh- cause the show starts on the Monday morning, and a lot of people arrive on the Sunday. On Saturday, there'd been a big weather storm went through, so very few aircraft arrived on the Saturday. So Sunday was busier than ever, and I spoke to one pilot who said he was in the the hold, effectively to land, and he was 125 miles out from Oshkosh in the hold, waiting his turn to land.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, context, context. Yeah. I suppose that uh, put them well over Europe. If it was, if, if it was here, exactly. But
3: the thing, some... to, the thing to remember, Peter, is it's an easy show to do as a Brit because it's not far from Chicago. So you can get a flight from London or wherever into Chicago. It's about an hour and three quarters, two hours drive north of Chicago. Um, so you know, flights are relatively inexpensive because Chicago is a big hub. Um, if you like aeroplanes, you'll just, fit in at Oshkosh. People will talk to you. that It's very friendly.
1: And just um, on, on a practical level, you, you talk about getting into there. I mean, how? What's, where do you stay? What's the accommodation like? Do you drive? Do you park? Is it public transport?
3: As with so many shows, it's the choice as to what you want and how much you want to spend. You can stay... On site, you can take your tent. A lot of people camp underneath the wing of their aeroplane, or if you haven't, if you've driven in, there's an enormous campsite called Camp Shola. Um So a lot of people there will take their their RVs, or you can rent an RV, you know, or, or just take a bit of canvas tent and and, and and do it that way. If you want a little bit more luxury. Oshkosh is a university town, so the university halls of residence. Obviously, July is out of term, so you can rent one of the halls, one of the rooms at the halls of residence. It's basic. you know, There's no air conditioning, but you get what you pay for. Um, I prefer to stay a little bit further away. I stay in a town called Green Bay, which is about 45 minutes north. You may have heard the Green Bay Packers, the famous American football team. It's where where the Green Bay Packers are based. Um, It's about 45 minutes north. However, for what I would pay for a one-bedroom place in the university, I get quite a nice hotel room. In fact, it's sort of like a, a mini apartment, so a two-bed apartment. So I tend to go with friends. You know, we split the cost between us. You've got your own kitchen there. So it's about a 45-minute drive. Uh, bearing in mind, all of these people are at the show. And on Wednesdays and Saturdays, there's a night show as well. We talked earlier about nighttime air shows. Everybody after the night show leaves at once. So you can imagine getting out of an air show in the UK. I'm not going to name names, but you know we know what it's like to sit in the traffic for several hours. Not a single queue getting into Oshkosh or out of Oshkosh, because it's a really? because it's a permanent I... structure. They've done this for fifty years. The airfield, the EAA own the airfield, and it is set up to work because they've they've had fifty years to learn how the yeah you know, what systems work, what traffic yeah, pa- patterns work, and no queues to get in, no queue to get out. There's you know there's, the facilities are. Yeah, there's plenty of toilets, there's plenty of food outlets, the food's not over-expensive. It's. Um, it, it, I, I think the some, some is just to say it works because they've done it for such yeah. a long time.
1: And you mentioned getting around um, mm. on the, I don't know, what do we call it, an airfield yeah. or an estate? <laughs> and then getting around the, the airfield, how does one get around um, and what is the size of the airfield And um,
3: very good question um i tend to walk a lot i d- yeah we all know american food portions and we all say oh yeah big American." I, I invariably lose weight at oshkosh for the amount that i walk around i mean i was averaging this year around 15 miles walking each day up and down flight lines and, and back and forth wow um but they actually have a tram network on the airfield. So uh, they're John Deere tractors that tow traders that have a coloured flag on, and it's a bit like the London Underground. You go down the blue route, pick up the red route. So everywhere you want to go, you can jump on and off these um, these tram trailer, tractor trailers um, that get around. Um, there's lots of golf buggies around. Um, you, know, you can invariably hitch a ride with somebody. And again, it's that friendly atmosphere that, if, if somebody sees you walking and they've got a spare seat on the golf cart invariably they'll pull up and say hey guy where are you going and and you jump on board so it's yeah, um but yeah, yeah the tram network is the best thing
1: and it and it's said that um it's as much about the people as it is the the aeroplanes yeah. um there's a lot of people there that you mentioned what was it a million people yeah
3: it, it, it's it, it's just colossal but you automatically have something in common with those people because you have a love of aeroplanes. It doesn't matter whether you're yeah. a pilot. It doesn't matter whether you've built your own aeroplane. It doesn't matter whether you're there for the warbirds or the ultralights. You have a shared love of aviation. So you'll sit on a park bench to have your lunch and people talk to you. And you know, I've made so many friends at Oshkosh who are now, you know, they've become social media friends. They've actually became, become face-to-face friends who I've been and met separately to Oshkosh. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, it just has that atmosphere. I mean this one of the great events this year was um, they had a, a showing of Top Gun Maverick in, in the theater there. Uh, they had Kevin LaRosa the second who was the aerial coordinator was there. They opened the showing of the film with a fly pass by a corsair. An F eighteen and an F thirty five over the top of the, over the open air screen. So, but could you could you imagine the atmosphere of being in a, yeah. a, that that sort of environment, surrounded by aviators? Yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There's just you, you could spend every waking moment on the airfield, from going to you know communal breakfasts to going to film shows. To if you want to learn how to build an airplane, they have workshops there. So there'll be a workshop on how to put fabric on a wing or how to bend metal or how to put rivets in or carve wood. You could, you could spend your entire day and, and not really watch any flying because there's so much other stuff to do.
1: Wow. Wow. (laughs) Just, just sounds amazing. Tim, have you ever been to Oshkosh?
2: I haven't, no, but it's, it's definitely, I mean, it was on my bucket list before and now it's even more on my bucket list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah. 10,000 10, airplanes in one place, how can you not want to go to that? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But um, I think, actually, I mean, you know, we've, we've had an air show review. Uh, we've had, you know, looking at the air shows we've been to and highlights of this summer. I mean, uh, and obviously uh, Steve's mentioned it, is Top Gun Maverick, you know, this, this year, the the breakout, you know, kind of film blockbuster of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an aviation film. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's broken all well you know broken all records I think it's it's has it surpassed uh, Avengers Endgame right now uh, which was the one to beat uh, and you know so what uh, I mean you know people people I think were there because it had been delayed and thinking oh well you
3: know I mean we, keep your expectations low yeah and um, there was so much hype you know, as well the, the, yeah, there was so much hype wasn't there, yes. Jim? That, yeah was it going to be worth the hype. And we yeah, we discussed yeah. it in the office, and uh, you know I went on the opening night, and I think you saw it about a twenty four forty hours, eight hours later, didn't you? And I went, it's worth without yeah. giving the plot away, Tim. It's worth every moment we've waited for it. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I think it it'll do wonders for. Um, you know, inspiring people into aviation, which is which is what we really need at the moment. You know, two two years of COVID, two years of, of uh, you know people thinking, oh well, you know, gosh, aviation's in a bit of a crisis and it's in a bit of a slump. Um, uh, so you need those, you need that that inspiration. And I think, I think you know, uh, the fact that Tom Cruise is a pilot um, kind, of, kind of shines through, and it's, it's it was a it's a love letter to aviation.
3: Yeah, yeah that's right.
1: I I, I was trying to catch my breath as I came out. I was just overwhelmed by it. It was very, very powerful. And I look back and I think, gosh, it is a bit cheesy. It is a bit formulaic and all that. But would I go back to see it tomorrow? Absolutely. Would my wife go back to see it tomorrow? Absolutely. Would my daughter? Absolutely. Yeah.
3: I think I that was my, my my review I put on Facebook the night I saw it was that uh, it's cliched, it's cheesy, it's predictable, it's everything you want Top Gun to be.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very good, um, S- Steve. That that's Oshkosh, and uh, we could probably go on for a, for a long time. I'd love to see if we could put some links to some of your photo albums. Yeah, by all means. Um, when when people post albums with 90 pictures in them. I very rarely will look through them all. I'll skim them. But by goodness, I I tried to study every photo. There was something in there was a bit different. To be honest, I didn't know what half of the things were. But they were unique, you know, it was all unique to me. It was all new. And it was all nice and sharp and clean and sunny yeah um, so, so some great stuff there
3: the, the The guys at EAA have a wonderful phrase they say only at Oshkosh and I think that sums it up perfectly. either yeah. that aeroplane or that combination of aeroplanes you would only see somewhere like that. but I have warned Tim and I will warn you Peter, once you go once it gets in your blood. that's this is my <laughs> I've been ten times now since 2003 was my first visit. And this, this year was my 10th tenth, uh, tenth pilgrimage out there and it does get in your blood. So um, be warned if you're intending to go, make sure you plan to go again.
1: Did you go with a specific area, aircraft or, or theme in, in mind this year? Was there something special you wanted to see or did you just go to be taken by whatever's there? You go because,
3: well, for, personally, I have a, this all-round interest in aircraft. A lot of my background is in general aviation magazines, so small aeroplanes, be they kit planes or Cessna's Pipers, things like that. So I have an interest in that. I have a big interest in the warbird world. I love classic aeroplanes. I, I could go and see everything. So, no, there was nothing specific that I went to see other than, yes, it was great to go to know that the four Grumman cats were going to fly together and there'd be a U2 in the flying display. Um because I think probably one of the highlights for me was that there was a genuine Mesherspit 109 there, not a converted Bouchon, a proper 109 with its original engine that it crashed within in 1944. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's lots of warbirds that turn up for the Grand Champion Awards. So the, all the new restorations tend to be completed at the end of July, ready to go straight to Oshkosh to be judged. So a lot of the time you just don't know what's going to turn up. Yeah, there was a big yeah. Sikorsky helicopter turned up, a you know, Vietnam-era helicopter, um, which nobody knew that was going to turn up until it turned up in the overhead um, and, and plonked itself down you know, in amongst the crowd.
1: And, uh, and that's, yeah. the, that's the other there's, thing to there's point There's a at. fascinating story with that, though, isn't
3: there? There is. In the, it, it's a Vietnam veteran aeroplane. It's still got its battle damage repair patches on it, and it was flown in by some of its original Vietnam crew. Um, and they were great folks, really, really good. But I think the other point to make: this, this helicopter landed in amongst the crowd where it where it was parking because there are no barriers. You know, there is no barrier around any aeroplanes. There might be if somebody's got a particularly expensive aeroplane like that 109, they might put a bit of ro- a bit of rope around it and ask you not to touch it. But apart from that, you know, you can go up to aeroplane owners, will show you inside them. Even between the crowd yeah. line and the runway, there's no fence. There's just a weed killer line that's in the grass, and people don't touch it um and then all of a sudden you'll they'll need to move an airplane and they'll say i'm terribly sorry sir can you just stand aside we want to taxi the steerman past you and uh and people step aside and they do it but um one of my friends came with me a few years ago and we were in in fighter town in um on one of the mornings and uh, my friend richard got a bright red cap on and they said sir we need you to do something for us can you stand very very still and richard said yes why he went we've got six P51s just landed and we'd like to use your hat as a turning point. So so Richard stood there and, and at, arm, at arm's length he'd got six Mustangs taxiing around him with no barriers and he's wow. perfectly safe. Everything works.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Um, we'll see if we can put some links to some of your photographs in the show notes. We'll also put a link into the Society's blog where you do put a fabulous article in there did you know that the first G-suit for British pilots was essentially a chest-high pair of fishermen's waders which were filled with two gallons of water? The water automatically squeezed the pilot's legs as positive G was applied. Did you also know that the Islamic Republic of Iran Air Force's oldest McDonnell Douglas F-4D Phantom is set to clock up more than 70 years in service, having been delivered in 1968 and now subject to life extension programmes taking it to 2040? If your answers to the above are yes, you're probably a regular reader of The Aviation Historian, the quarterly journal that explores the less well-trodden paths of flying
2: history. If your answers are no, visit theaviationhistorian.com
1: and see what you're missing. But before we go um, to both of you, seeing as we've got both of you on from from the society, um, how's the society standing at the moment, Tim? What's on the program? Is there anything exciting coming up?
2: Okay, so obviously the two years of uh, two years of COVID, we 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 went to hybrid and virtual events like 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 many other organisations did. So uh, and that actually. I mean, I've been obviously poo-pooing uh, air shows via YouTube, but for for our events, that has been proved a revelation in in getting people, getting our members from around the world. You know, all of a sudden, you can have you can have people from Japan, Australia, you know, the US, UK, France, Germany, you know, all logging into. Uh, the same conference and talking about space or aerodynamics and stuff like that. So I think there'll be some sort of uh, conferences and events that that continue forward, that are going on as in sort of hybrid format. Okay. Uh, the buildings now open, so we are getting back to uh, our our in-person events or in-person lectures. And coming up, coming up this later this month is Applied Aerodynamics. We've got Greener by Design, uh, talking about non-CO two um, uh, impacts on on the, on the on the environment on climate uh, and that that's interesting because uh, at the Farnborough air Show Airbus uh, revealed they were going to do a, use a project using a uh, a jet powered glider that would burn hydrogen at, uh, at uh, you know airline <laughs> wow. airline uh, kind of you know cruising altitudes to see the impact of contrails. You know what contrast okay. does a hydrogen jet engine yeah. put out so kind of interesting from that obviously that's where airbus are are, are are putting some of their focus into uh october we've got new space uh that should be interesting uh you know satellites things like uh you know satellite startups in orbit manufacturing um you know stuff I mean you only have to look at how starlink has been a complete game changer in ukraine keeping keeping you, you know the ukraine yeah. ukraine yeah. connected against uh, russia's uh, cyber and electronic warfare capabilities um big one i think for for maybe for, for our listeners is and uh, anyone who might have a young person who's interested in aerospace is careers in aerospace live that's our, our annual careers fair that that comes back in second no, no, November that will uh, likely be packed out and really really good uh, event for the job seekers but also you know if you've got a a uh, a company that is, is is desperate to recruit people and that that's what they what was what a lot of the companies are finding out is that they are really keen on 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 desperate to recruit uh, people. BA Systems, for example, is what's 1,000 engineers in the next uh, 12 months to work on Tempest and Typhoon. Wow. So some really good opportunities out there for people to, to get in, in, into a, a career in aerospace. Uh, and then in November,
3: Tim, I think the, yeah. other, the other thing to say on that we, we spoke to BA Systems at Farma, didn't we? And they they made the point that a lot of their engineers now, and to use the phrase they use, don't get oil down the back of their nails. When they refer to engineers, they're looking at software engineers and developers and lots of other things now that are perhaps outside what we would normally think of as an aircraft engineering role.
2: coders, yeah. yeah, coders. Um, so so for this is this is something else that came out of Farbra is for every for every traditional aerospace engineer that is being recruited that the aerospace and defence industry needs. Uh, there's two software uh, uh, software engineers are needed. Uh, and, and finally, finishing off, I think, Aerospace in 2035, which is a, a conference we're doing at the end of November. Um, so, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty going on in the society.
1: Yeah. And the Aerospace uh, publication itself has been absolutely fabulous. Uh, the last two issues so uh, really <laughs> <laughs> impressed. Not not because I've got both you both of you here <laughs> but um, it's really stepped up in, in, in my view the content the, the blog articles as well on the on the web page has really been a step up so encourage people to to, to go over and, um, and and see that as well. So just before we sign off then, um, Tim, where can we find you online?
2: Uh, I am still I am tweeting I'm still tweeting at RES uh, R. and obviously the society website is uh, www.aerosociety.com.
1: and Steve I've got a million more questions about air shows I know you were another one last night but uh, that will have to hold <laughs> that will have to hold is it the same andy you were with yesterday
3: it was that's right yes same andy andy kitney hi
1: andy hope <laughs> you're well um thanks for sticking with us um where can we find you online steve
3: you'll find me on twitter at r-a-e-s steve B. And I'm on Facebook as well. So um, you'll let, find a lot of my Oshkosh pictures, even if we're not necessarily friends on Facebook, they'll be in a public album that you'll be able to view. So look for Stephen okay. with a PH, Stephen Bridgewater PH.
1: If you sent me a link to those albums... Uh, Steve, I'll put those in the show notes. Thanks very much. Um, You can find me, uh, Nascot Hornet, on Twitter. And you can find Gareth and Ellie, along with Tim and myself, on the extended Twitter, Facebook. And we do have an Instagram feed as well. But that's it with the arrival of the music. It's goodbye from Tim. Goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Uh, Goodbye from Steve. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. And it's goodbye from me, Peter Johnson. Remember, stay tuned to this frequency that is, of course, Aerospace Radio Station Extended. legal policy and use of our material can be found on our website please do ask before using anything you hear the program's produced with a creative commons license
0: please leave us a review wherever you play your podcast it genuinely helps grow our program and broaden its reach you can also review the program And leave us feedback on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to email us, our email address is getinvolved at aviationextended.co.uk. And remember, there's no E at the beginning of extended.
2: Extended. This is XTP Media.